0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Careers Unfiltered. I'm Casey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Danae. Hello, Danae. Hi, Casey. Hi. So we are extremely excited because today we are joined by a very special guest, Aaron Levine. He graduated from the University of Rochester in 1993 with degrees in economics and history. After graduating from college, he joined the Fleet Financial Group and has held multiple leadership roles in different departments. He is now the president of Preferred and Consumer Banking and Investments at the Bank of America, leading 40,000 banking employees and financial advisors to meet clients' needs. He is also a member of Bank of America's executive management team. Welcome, Aaron.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Casey. Hey, Danai. It's great to be here.
0: Yes, thank you for joining us. We are very excited to get to talk with you today. And just to start off, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and what your position as the president of Preferred and Consumer Banking and Investments means at the Bank of America?
1: All right. Well, it's exciting. It's uh, great to be back with the University of Rochester. Boy, you said 1993, and that's that's a little depressing. I'll be honest, that's a long time ago now. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I grew up in New York City, so real quick background on myself. Grew up in New York, uh, Upper West Side of Manhattan, for those New Yorkers out there, and uh, went to Rochester, and And a rare breed, I guess, in that two weeks after college, I uh, joined a small Rhode Island-based bank that you mentioned, Fleet, uh, and and here I am 28 years later. It'll be 28 years in June, I guess, uh, with, with Bank of America. Bank of America bought Fleet Bank, they merged back in 2004, just so... Uh, for those who don't closely follow bank mergers, uh, but that's how uh, Fleet became Bank of America. Uh, and so um, I've had lots of jobs and I'm sure we'll talk about that, but just my current job as president of Preferred. So Bank of America has eight lines of business. Preferred is one of those eight It's part of the consumer business. And just to give you some sense of scale, you mentioned that I have 40,000 associates. Uh, they operate at 4,300 uh, banking centers around the country. some I'm in Rochester and proud to be part of that community. Um, and the business is 1.4 trillion that's with a T trillion in assets so about 800, 900 billion in deposits over 300 billion in investment assets and another 300 billion in loans so it's a 33 billion dollar revenue business uh, obviously one of the largest banks not only really in, in the country but on the, on the planet um, but again it started off uh, as a small little Rhode island bank uh, 28 years ago uh, and, and so here I am and uh, I'm thrilled to be with you guys
2: Wow. Aaron, thank you so much for sharing that. So what was your journey like to reach this point in your career and how did you stay motivated throughout that entire journey?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, as I said, I'm probably one of those rare people who started with a company and, and have stayed with it, even though there's been lots of mergers and uh, there's been a lot of them along along the way. But, you know, I really, uh, two weeks out of college, I went and showed up in, in Rhode Island in a little class to do a management training program. Uh, which is where you started in banking back then, learning credit and sort of accounting and those kinds of things, and began my career on the commercial real estate side, so corporate banking and working. I actually had a pretty fun job as a young banker. I got to finance shopping malls back when we used to do things like shopping malls, and I know your, your generation doesn't really believe in them as much with everything online, but Back in the 90s, uh, shopping malls were a big deal. So I actually got to work on things like that. And then throughout my career, I actually moved uh, around quite a bit um, through the commercial part of the bank. Uh, And then after several mergers between different banks, I worked in corporate strategy for a while. Then I worked in uh, a marketing department for a bit. I ended up moving uh, in the Merrill Lynch merger. It's a little more recent now. You're talking 2008 when Bank of America and Merrill Lynch merged. I ended up being part of the the Merrill Lynch business, our wealth management business, Uh, and then ultimately ended up in our consumer business uh, in 2012. So the journey uh, has taken me through lots of different parts of the company, through various mergers and all kinds of interesting things. And uh, when you say, how do I stay motivated? Uh, You know, I, I guess the quick answer is I always had wanted to make an impact, right? The impact was important to me, whether it was in professionally or or personally, you know, I always have been involved in things like mentoring programs and things outside of work. And so impact was always important. And as I progressed in my career, I felt like I was always getting a chance to make a bigger impact. And so I stuck with the same company, you know, it uh, changed a lot. And, And that's really carried me all the way to today.
0: That's excellent. And I love how you know all of this history of all of the mergers that you've gone through. You have like a complete chronological order of it. And also goes to show that you can work in multiple different areas within the world of banking, which is exciting. That's a history
1: major. You know, you gotta learn your dates. You gotta know chronology. So I'm a University of Rochester history major. Of course I know I chronology.
0: I see see it working right now. (laughs) And so I'm just curious as well, in terms of like going back to your undergraduate career, did any sort of activities or experiences inspire you or prepare you for your professional life to just head out to Rhode Island right after?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, again, so I was a history uh, and economics double major. And I think everyone as well, you're in banking, so economics makes sense. But I have to say the history major, I, I think ultimately prepared me even better because of how well it prepared me to write. And to, th- and to sort of think logically and to sort of take lots of information and then be able to articulate it. You know, you think about uh, working for a bank, especially early in your career, credit underwriting, how do you provide a loan? You got to basically write a little term paper on the company. And, and so all that history really taught me how to do that, right? How to take a lot of different information and uh, assemble it and then articulate, you know, kind of whether or not we should make a loan or not make a loan. So that really served me Uh, quite well. And then interesting enough, when I was at Rochester, I was looking for an internship uh, my sophomore year, I believe I started. And there was a Merrill Lynch office, uh, still is a great office there with all the financial advisors. And I ended up interning uh, at Merrill Lynch, uh, having no idea that down the road, I'd be such a big part of of that company. Uh, And I worked for an advisor and, and did a pretty good job. He actually ended up hiring me and started paying me. So I went from free intern to sort of paid and, and worked all through college. Uh, and so ultimately, in fact, uh, the, the, the gentleman who were at, at, at sent, wrote my recommendation and helped me get my first job at, at Fleet. So, uh, yeah, so Rochester prepared me in, in two great ways, both uh, academically and professionally.
2: Oh, we love hearing that. So as a leader in your profession, and obviously as a former college student yourself, what advice do you have for students who are hoping to stand out as candidates within the world of banking?
1: Yeah, great, uh, great question. And I, um, you know, I, there's a few things I get asked this question a lot, obviously, certainly with my employees. And I, and I always point to maybe a, a couple things. First and foremost is is intellectual curiosity. I mean, that if I had to like really think about something that, that I think distinguishes someone. It's being really interested in learning and that's learning uh, at all things. so whether it's learning you know how to write and be a better history student or learning about banking or learning about the company that you're going to work for. and so that's one of the things you got to make sure uh, you know your listeners as they start interviewing you got to put the time in to really understand uh, the company and, and the industry that the company plays in. So intellectual curiosity is really important. Uh, and I think then just wanting to be engaged in, in a community. And certainly, I think that's something that, uh, you know, I have a college age daughter, so I, I see in her and in her friends, that is something that's probably far more even than when I was your, your age. But, you know, I think as a leader in the bank, I'm looking for people who want to be engaged in the community, whether that's volunteerism outside of the bank, or within the bank getting involved with one of the different employee networks, you know, different uh, ethnic groups or gender, and there's all kinds of great ways to get involved. So, you know, I think for people to stand out, it's that intellectual curiosity and then a desire to engage and be part of a broader team or of our broader community. Um, it's not about just individually being the smartest and the best and kind of winning It's really, how do you contribute much more broadly than that?
2: Yeah. So from where you're sitting in your current experiences, do you think that there are any particular habits or activities that current college students should be involved in right now?
1: Oh, wow. Well, let me say, you should have fun in college, okay? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, and if I could go back and you guys were, you know, could get me back into school, I would come back and, and join you for, for a little bit. So, <laughs> so you have to enjoy your college years because you do have a long time to work. So, but, but having fun is, is also everything in moderation. Um, I, I think that the idea of, of, of being able to manage your time is very important and, and being able to prioritize and I think it becomes increasingly important and I'm, I'm sure you'll kind of get into the whole question of work-life balance and all those things but you start learning those skills when you're dealing with you know in college and are you getting up for class and, and focused on your studies but and also maybe getting your exercise in and, and doing all those things and, and then you're having time for friends and having fun so I think the ability to manage time is, is really important. And it becomes increasingly important as you go on. And, and then, um, again, I think being focused on, on, on expanding your mind and learning and being open, uh, open minded is a really important concept um, and not just be sort of set in sort of your own particular ways, but, but be expansive and really think about how do you get experience from a broad range of people uh, with diverse backgrounds is, is a really important habit to get into as well.
0: Yes, I can definitely empathize with that. Like having open conversations with anyone, everyone, everyone has their own opinions, but it's important that you are respectful of those and learning from it, whatever they may say or what they may believe in. And so you mentioned um, work-life balance. So I'm just curious, um, besides your professional life, what are some other pillars within your own life that are important to you, like family? And you mentioned volunteering or perhaps any other possible hobbies that you have.
1: Yeah, uh, well, first and foremost, the yeah, family. So I have a, a, a daughter, Alexandra, who's a sophomore at Boston College. So uh, which is uh, certainly another great school. And then I have a son who is a junior in high school. And so we'll see if we can get Rochester on his list and uh, maybe we'll push him that way. Um, but he uh, so they obviously and, you know, one thing I'd say is uh, over the last year, obviously, with COVID, I'm someone who has traveled almost all of my career. And, and, you know, I guess on the bright side of all that we've gone through, for me personally, being home uh, pretty much every day. And, you know, you can see I'm working from home uh, is, is been pretty much of a gift the time I've been able to have, uh, especially with my son uh, here uh, this last year. So but but yeah, I think um, volunteerism has been a really important part of, of my life. Uh, I've always been involved generally with mentoring uh, at risk youth mostly. I got very involved with Boys and Girls Clubs uh, of America. Hopefully, people are familiar with the clubs. They, they're an amazing organization, and I've been on the national board. Uh, I've been I'm now on the local board here in Atlanta, but but served on the national board for probably ten years. Uh, and I'm involved with other organizations. Operation Hope is one that I'm involved with, which teaches financial literacy. It really helps focus on uh, economic equality. Uh, a, another program, uh, Horizons Atlanta, which helps uh, young children with uh, summer programs, So it helps teach them reading and math during the summer when a lot of times kids lose some of what they learned. And so it helps them kind of get ready for the next year. So we can see a lot of what I've done is centered around helping, uh, young, young kids. Uh, and then, you know, my roots, uh, and back to the tip to the history department, world war two, I'm a big buff of world war two history and constantly reading and, uh, Love going to the museum and recommend it highly in New Orleans if anyone hasn't been. But um, So those are kind of the highlights. Uh, you know, I try to get some running and Peloton in as well. Uh, and so that helps keep the mind, a little meditation. All those things, I think, do help uh, balance a very busy work life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And like I can imagine that all of that, you must have to learn to prioritize them and see what you can handle within your own life and what work you can take on? Do you have any specific steps that you take to manage the work-life balance? Or is it just like in the moment you decide, okay, this is what?
1: (laughs) Well, Yeah, I think you have to be deliberate. I I think the whole concept of work-life is sort of moving, right? Because effectively work is with technology and our cell phones and social media. It's sort of constant. So -hmm. you really have to be very deliberate in thinking about how you're present in, in, prioritizing various parts of your, your life, but it, it is no longer sort of a set time for one versus the other. And I think that's a good thing. I think there, there's a level of flexibility, um, but it, again, it becomes being deliberate and because you could end up, you could work 24 seven with technology today and, you know, people will let you do it. So you have to say, well, you know, what are the priorities and what are the things that I, I need to, to spend time on and then be very productive when you are working, but then, you know, focus on time with your family and be, in the moment there, um, you know, one of the things I've done throughout my career that's actually been very helpful is every week I've always carved out some time where I simply uh, no phone, no email. And I've got either a piece of white paper, you know, a pad uh, or a whiteboard or I suppose these days an iPad. And I'm just doing th- uh, just thinking, just stepping back and thinking about, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish, whether it's for the week or the month. Um, and you do that every week. And and I find that that's been really helpful for me to kind of refocus on what are those priorities, and because you you have to constantly shuffle priorities. It's every day, it's it's changing, and you've got to be sort of constantly rethinking. Okay, what felt most important uh, yesterday it may have changed because something occurred, but that doesn't mean you still don't have to think about all those different parts of your life um, just because you have you know one piece that might be a little bit more you know urgent or seemingly the crisis. Uh, you can't exclude everything else. So I think the the opportunity to step back and, and get away from the constant drumbeat of email and phone and work and things and just think is actually a very helpful exercise. And you can call that meditation, you could call it just giving yourself some free space, but I, I, it's really served me well.
0: Yes, excellent. I like unplugged from my phone recently and everyone was unsure what was happening <laughs> right
1: they sent the but, police and uh security guards and uh, make sure you're okay uh, your yeah. generation doesn't do that as much uh, but that's good you're, you're you're role modeling
0: yes but i was definitely trying to be deliberate and taking a step back from it and then Yeah, like taking the time to understand what's happening up with the upcoming week. My dad does week at a glance with me and my three younger sisters. So we're always like, okay, it's time to do the wag. Let's take this time to do it. Um, So yes, that's great advice. And I also just want to say I really like how you mentioned earlier that your job like you want to focus on impact with all, within the community as well and so i actually had the chance to watch your operation hope interview as you mentioned it provides financial literacy tools for underserved communities and i and i loved it i thought it was an excellent conversation and i was just curious how you think the banking industry and the job that you're in can be a catalyst for social
1: change well, hey, thank you. Appreciate you, you watched it, and I thought it was great. John Hope Ryan's an amazing guy, and uh, recommend people look him up. And uh, he's, he's written lots of uh, important books. Yeah, you know, I think the banking industry has a very critical role to play. I mean, you think about it, Bank of America; we have 60 million clients, and you think about what we, what our mission is at the end of the day is to make financial lives better for our clients. And whether that's saving for a new home, or you know, saving for a child's education, or for paying for healthcare. I mean, these are really critical parts of life and, and a bank can play a, a key role. And so for us, um, there's a lot of different ways that we try to uh, provide value. So one is just financial education. And that, I think that was a lot of what we talked about on, on the Operation Hope, which is, you know, we have something called Better Money Habits. We partner with the Khan Academy, which hopefully many are familiar with, amazing organization, just to provide the basics and make sure people understand you know, what it is to budget and to save, and what are the the different, you know, things that you have to understand as part of managing your financial life. But then it goes way beyond that. We obviously can provide a tremendous platform for job opportunity. And and for us, it's really important that we're recruiting from a very wide uh, source set of sources. So, you know, we had committed uh, five years ago to hire 10,000 employees from low to moderate income zip codes, uh, we actually exceeded that. I think we did it in three years. So by, you know, we'll end up doing far more than, than 10000 over the five years. And I think what's important there is not only hiring, but it's the kind of job and then the career path. You know, We're one of the few banks, actually one of the few companies that you may not know this have a $20 minimum wage. So we actually have already gone as a company to $20 minimum wage uh, for, for every for the entire company. Um, and then as part of that, you know my role is to say, how do we bring someone in, start them at that great wage, but then how do we give a career path? And the idea is making sure that we're creating a platform for a really highly diverse and inclusive environment for people to start a job and like me, you know, 34 years later, you, know, you know, have a, a great career at the company and do lots of different things. Uh, and then of course, banks can certainly uh, write checks too, and we do, do a lot in terms of, uh, enormous sponsorship uh, across the community uh, with very specific things. we We fund all kinds of affordable housing. We fund uh, minority owned banks and and community centers. We have a lot of work that we do in low to moderate income neighborhoods. We make sure our financial centers are there to provide all the right uh, off um, lending and other capabilities. Uh, and then last, our, our employees do a major job volunteering. Uh, And just kind of giving back to the community in in lots of the ways that are important to them. You know, I talked about mentoring, but we have many who, you know, do Habitat for Humanity and really focus there. We have others who focus on, on, you know, different uh, issues that that are personal. So when you kind of add all that up together, you know, between, you know, career path and financial education and sponsorship dollars and lending dollars, um, you know, we did 300,000 PPP loans, uh, almost all of them to small business. I mean, these are really impactful things that, that a bank can do for uh, the community and for the country.
2: Wow, yeah, Erin, it definitely sounds like you guys are doing incredible work towards that impact. So yeah, I'm over here trying to digest all of what you just said. Um, so we've made it to our very last question. I can't believe it. This has been such a great conversation, but before you go, Erin, if you had to give one piece of advice to current students, what would it be?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, well, you know, stay in college as long as possible. You know, just drag it out, <laughs> let your parents cover it for as many years as possible. Um, no. uh, you know, I, I think I said earlier, I, I'll stick with it, you know, curiosity, just just constantly want to learn. And, you know, I think people think, well, I'll get a I'll, I'll learning in school. And then once I get to the, my job, I stop learning and you know, I, there's no way that you, if you have aspirations to go from your first job to being the CEO or president or any level uh, of more senior, you can't do it if you're not constantly learning. And, and so I, I think it's the, as I've watched over my 28 years, it's the, the people who've come in and learning takes a lot of different forms. It, it means learning from your peers. It means learning from people, you know, around you, uh, not just, you know, going on the internet and researching something, but that's also part of it, right? Opening up, uh, you know, looking at a company's balance sheet, learning the financials, learning the mission, learning client things that are important to your clients. So if I had to give one piece, I'd focus on just constantly learning, being intellectually curious and, and never stopping. And, uh, you know, here I, I certainly continue to learn. And at this point for me, I, you know, I have a lot of younger associates that I'm learning from in terms of, you know, what is the next important technology and how should we be innovating and making sure that we have, you know, the the coolest, best technology. uh, And and I think we do pretty well on that front uh, uh, through things that we offer our clients. So that's what it would be.
2: I love that. The idea of staying curious and lifelong learning. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Careers Unfiltered. It has been so great to hear your insight and all of your experiences.
1: Uh, It's been my absolute pleasure. It's great that you guys are doing this. So thanks so much.
0: If you enjoyed what you heard from our amazing guests and their career journeys, please give us a rating on your podcast listening platform of choice. Hit subscribe and share us with your friends. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Careers Unfiltered.